want to be empowered with the Holy Spirit? Are you in need of an uplifting message? It's time for today's Uplift, encouraging words and biblical truths to help you find freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey guys, it's good to see all three of us back again together. We're all here. We are. But uh, unfortunately, it won't be that way next week. <laughs> Bill's going to ruin the, the, the show again. <laughs> oh, it's just been a, it's been a busy end of summer, beginning of fall. I um, have another wedding this weekend. So I have a next week, not this weekend, next weekend. And um, also my stepdaughter is on homecoming court. And next Friday is the homecoming game. And I'd like to go see that uh, to support her. Um, so I will not be here for when we record. But I'm very, very confident in the ability of you two to carry it out, even though you both have been trying to declare yourselves as the third spoke. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I want to um, I want to talk tonight, if we could, about Lamentations chapter three. And uh, I know it's not real common. I um, think I've preached once from Lamentations in all my years. But uh, just a really funny story to start with. When I was in um, licensing school for the United Methodist Church, um, this guy was telling, we had to tell like a, a, an embarrassing moment in ministry. And the guy said, um, he got up to read the scripture for the pastor. He wasn't a pastor yet. And it was Jeremiah, or I'm sorry, it was um, was Lamentations. And so he didn't know where it was in the Bible. And so he's fumbling through and he goes, I'm sorry, I'm looking for Lamentations. And someone yells, it's next to Jeremiah. And the guy goes, where's Jeremiah? <laughs> he didn't know where Jeremiah was either. <laughs> um... But it was just kind of funny. I guess you had to be there. But um, anyway, it's a small little book in next to Jeremiah. And um, I believe Ezekiel is after this, right? Yeah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. Um, but anyway, I just, I'm seeing a lot these days of people that are saying, I'm doing everything right, and I just don't know why God is not providing. And <clears throat> it made me think of, of uh, Jeremiah with the destruction of Jerusalem. He's watching you know, everything that he has known just being completely destroyed. And I mean, if you read Isaiah, Jeremiah, I mean, the things that God is saying he's going to do, and then he does do it. And the, this, the, the armies that come in and not just once, but multiple times come in and just take people away and then finally just destroy the city. And, and then Judah spends 70 years in Babylon um, it could be very disheartening. So Jeremiah starts out, he, he says, I'm a man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. I mean, that's, that's harsh right there. And he goes on to say, indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. But then as he, he, he continues to say what things that God is doing to him, we get down to, um, Verse 19, he says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them. 
my soul is downcast within me, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. So in the midst of all this anguish, and he if anybody had a reason to lament, it was Jeremiah. Well, that's why he's called the weeping prophet. But in the midst of all that, he still recognizes that God is his portion, that his faithfulness is new every morning, and that his compassions never fail. So when we feel like God has just put his hand upon us and knocked us to the ground, and he may very well may have, we need to remember that his love is the model for the love we have. And it's great. It's greater than what we can even imagine. So what do you think? I think it's prophetic. It's, <laughs> it's written by... I think it's it, obviously, a prophet. <laughs> yeah, it's written by a prophet, but I think it's prophetic for a lot of things that, you know, uh, uh, you know, the one thing that came to mind is, Bill, as you were talking, was most of the people who've watched Uplift uh, since the beginning probably would know, or people who go to our church would probably know about Pastor Ian, Ian Thornton, yeah. and, and his, uh, you know, encounter let's say an encounter with jesus yeah when he had covid yeah and he was in the hospital bed uh probably dying with covid and he had an encounter with jesus and even though you know this was this lamentations this this uh written by jeremiah was talking about the destruction of jerusalem and and that but what we saw was okay covid um how do how shall we say, COVID was a was obviously a very bad thing that that befell the earth, and you know Ian took the brunt of it for his family, and the Lord restored him. He had an encounter with Jesus, and Jesus healed him. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what this is talking about are you know somebody who's watching the destruction of your uh, of uh, Jerusalem. And all sorts of terrible things. And the Lord, in spite of all that, the Lord restores him. And, yeah. and because of his faith, because of his faith, God restores him. And it was the same with Ian. The situation was a little different. But there's hope in our faith. We have hope in our faith. Yes. Honestly... I thought he was going to die. I waited for the phone call to tell me that he had passed. Um, I had a lack of faith in that because God had told me that he would see him through when it first happened. But I lost that when I saw him going downhill so fast. So that taught me a lesson too. And that when God says something, he's going to fulfill it. <laughs> You know, I was question. I was doubting that I heard correctly, but I, I knew that I did. But I, and I just, but you know, it's like that. What this is what I'm trying to say in these moments where 
you see with your eyes that things aren't looking good, but you know that God is good, how do you tell your eyes, your ears, everything that you, your five senses that, hey, there's something greater? It's God. Yeah, it's Sometimes it's hard to do. But Jeremiah did that here in Lamentations 3. So let me let me bring a point up about this. I'm going to do it by asking a question. Okay. Uh, a couple of questions. Question one, how do we please the Lord? <laughs> Obedience. Faith. Okay, Hebrews 11, 6 says without faith, yeah. it's impossible to please him. Right. How do you have faith? How do you have faith? It's a gift from God. Ephesians 2, 19. Okay, so faith comes by hearing, hearing okay. the word of God. Right? Hearing the word of God. Yeah, yeah okay. Okay. I see where you're going, yeah. So, so then I'm going to ask this question. How do people usually... Um, formulate their theology or opinion of who God is? Well, I'm going to say a lot of people, and I don't mean to make it a general blanket statement, <clears throat> but a lot of people will hear what other people say. And they formulate their opinions based on what they're taught by other people, mm. whether that's true or whether it's correct or not. That's how they formulate it. But what God wants us to do is to listen to him, that still small voice, and act on what we hear him say. And that... Okay. So, right, so it's, it's based on his word, right? So he right. wants... Okay, so most people that are formulating not based on the word, they formulate based on their life experience sure yeah so if something bad happens they assume things about god mm -hmm. okay lamentations that brings us to lamentations they are experiencing life in all of its misery <laughs> right yeah they are experiencing life in all of the terrible things that come and, and lamentations is the example of what happens in our life when we choose life without god Mm. It is a total mess and destruction. So, and God allows it to happen to them, not because, not because he, I mean, you got to think of the years of trying that God, God's been trying to reach them and trying to reach them and trying to reach them. And they simply are refusing. Mm -hmm. They just don't want. And so what happens is God says, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to let this happen to you. What is God allowing to happen? He's allowing life to happen when he's not included. Mm. So what happens is we read things like lamentations or we read a horrible things that happen in humanity where our children die and disease happens and other people come and destroy us and, and all the misery of that. And we make the assumption, God, you did this. Yeah. And lamentations is saying something else, right? Lamentate, no, now it does say, now, because Jeremiah brings about God's allowing this to happen. Why is he allowing it to happen? He's literally just simply lifting his hand of protection. He is allowing 
the he's allowing the result of their life in what they've chosen. And it's not pretty. Like this is where sin takes us. We just don't understand how uh, how God's grace protects us so much mm -hmm. that we can even have peace at all. See, that's God's grace and, and power already right there. So right. when God doesn't do that, when he just removes his hand of protection and grace, right, he, all of a sudden we see the destruction that comes. Well, so Jeremiah, then he's looking at the destruction. He's saying, this is what humanity is without the Lord. So what is it bringing back to? The only hope we have is God. Yeah. We don't have hope. We can't hope in ourselves. We can't hope in our awesome, powerful decisions. We can't hope in our government. The only hope we can have so that destruction and terrible things caused by the corruption of our world, the only hope that we're going to have is God. And that's what he wants us to see for many reasons. Because one, when we do believe that and seek that and, and live that, we live a better life. Yeah. But but also it it glorifies him it's a it's an act of worship in a sense it it's just puts him in his right place well and i would encourage our listeners here to um and people who are watching i would encourage them let's do our best not to formulate our opinion of who god is based on what's happening in the situation in life yeah but actually go to what he tells us to do and trust him and take him at his word. Literally take him at his word. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, then we can know who God is. And even in, even in lamenting and even in how terrible this is, and, and it's every bit terrible. I mean, you know, it's, it's a horrible situation in, in every bit of what that is. Jeremiah still has and still trusts in these promises that God has given that he would not allow, though he's allowing this to happen, he's still going to stop the destruction from total annihilation. He will not let them be completely consumed because he is true to his promises. And especially right. those promises he gave to Abraham and to David and the promises he gave even to Adam and Eve. Right, promises right, right. that he gave that he is going to send the Messiah. Right. You know, if, if we think about COVID, it was bad in March of 2020 and then in April and May. And, you know, it was really bad. But even in like 2022, when it started, things started slowing down, we're still feeling the effects, you know. Mm -hmm. And just today I was at the grocery store and I saw that some of the prices are starting to come down again, which is a good thing. But I look at what they used to be and now that they're down, I'm like, that's still so much more than it was three years ago. So we're still feeling the effects in many ways, but people are like, oh, well, that's past us now. 
and that's the mentality. I think that what you're trying to say too is don't don't get into that mentality of, okay, life is good again, because what if the next thing that comes is worse than COVID? What if you can't leave your home? What if you can't afford to buy groceries or gasoline? Or what if there's fires and earthquakes and hurricanes and tornadoes everywhere? Mm-hmm. And it seems like the end of the world. Are you going to say, oh, I wish it was 2019 again? Or are you going to say, God, I don't know what's going on, but I trust you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we, you know, th- this was prophetic and, and, and that, uh, how, how do we say, we usually don't talk about prophetic things on uplift, <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, I think this is prophetic. I, I think that uh, you know the 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 Lord had very clearly told me that that the, the God of the Old Testament is coming back, um, and I think that you know there's some some stuff coming down our way because um, of the way that we've become. We're not really that different than the Israelites were. Um, you know, so look at the things in our country and in our world that that people have done, and they've clearly snubbed their nose at God. But like we've learned here, you know, Jeremiah didn't perish; he didn't die; he survived. So you know, I'm sure they didn't have Walmart there, but they had Kmart. You know, yeah, they had. <laughs> You know, whatever, something, Mark. <laughs> but, but, but the thing was, you know, I'm sure that whatever market they had was turned upside down and scattered into the wind, carried away, looted away, whatever happened it to was, it. It was, yeah. And, and he survived and he survived because of his faith in God. So I think that, you know, I, I think that, uh, whether it'll happen, you know, when or what, or we don't know, no one knows, but it's, this is important for us that no matter what we go through in life, again, Jeremiah described it like Robert's point was Jeremiah described all the terrible things that happened, not really in super detail, but you know, it was an awful time and an awful situation there, but he lived, he lived to tell the story. He lived to write about it. And, you know, um, he basically said, you know, trust God, trust uh, through no matter what the, in verse 18, well, I'm reading, I'm reading in, in, uh, Lamentations one here, cause I'm getting the backstory. The Lord is righteous, yet I re- rebelled against his command. Listen, all you peoples look on my suffering. And, it, you know, it, it talks about this and this is a great lesson for us. The Lord is righteous, yet I rebel against his command. So that's our world today. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I I don't want to be judgmental, but I almost feel like, like you said, Chad, we're, we're a lot like the Israelites, but we're almost going back into that. We're going to find out what happens when, when we don't trust God and the hand of God's grace is removed. Mm-hmm. we're gonna find out yes you know what i mean that's right yep um mm-hmm. and it's these the bad things sometimes 
lead to greater faith. I remember 16 years ago, around this time, no, it was closer to Thanksgiving, but I got a phone call that my daughter had to have open heart surgery. She was seven years old. Hmm. I, I, I couldn't, I just started bawling. I couldn't, couldn't understand why God would allow that to happen to her. And not only did it save her life, but it helped my faith by watching how God brought her through that. So sometimes the bad things do bring about a lot of good. Um, sometimes the bad carries on for a lifetime, but but it doesn't change who God is and how he deals with us at all. Mm-hmm. He is consistent. His faith, he's faithful. His love is new every morning. Right. So in Exodus, you know, uh, the the Israelites were, you know, on, on their way out of Egypt. And, of, you know, they had the, the, the snakes, the poisonous snakes. Mm-hmm. You know, God didn't protect them from getting bit. He just he just gave them an atonement and allowed them to survive. Mm-hmm. So they were still harassed and bit by the snakes. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Oh yeah, but there was atonement, and as long as as long as they had faith in God and they looked at the atonement, He allowed them to survive. And 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 you know, Phil, you're always talking about parallels. In a way, that kind of parallels this. You know that that it Jeremiah. Is kind of a parallel to that in a, in a sort of a sense because you know even though uh, it, you know the, the situation was obviously different, again he lived to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Israel wasn't gone forever. Seventy years is an awful long time. I'm I don't know what it's like to live for seventy years. You know, none of us do. Yeah. But it's an awful long time to be away. But for the sake of the Messiah to come and the line of David that he, the promise he made to David, he said they would come back. Now, Israel, now that was Judah, Israel, they were so bad. Well, you're gone. You're not my people. You're, I don't know you. But in that day when you're called not my people, you shall be called the sons of the living God. So even then, there was a promise for them to come back. Mm -hmm. God's faithfulness is amazing and and you know here's some of the things we've got to consider too like the reality is that god does not always tell us why we go through suffering like phil your example with your daughter like how many people have lost their children yeah and and they're probably listening going well okay i hear you phil but but my child died. Yeah. Yeah. We're not always told why. Right. Like, you know, now, now to be kind of harsh about it, here's the reality. God is God. He gets to say what he wants to say. Right, right. right. And we are not. But the other part about that is God never, there, suffering always has a reason. There's no such thing as suffering without purpose, mm-hmm. even in the loss of life. And even though I know that's hard, for, especially when you're going through it, you're going to be like, I, I don't care what you say. I mean, I'm sure there are people who will be watching that right now going, Robert, I don't care what you say. I'm hurt. And all I know is I'm hurt. 
And you can say that all you want, and I'm going to blame God. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one road you can go down. Uh, I wouldn't suggest you go too far down that road. I think it's a <laughs> dangerous end. But right. but I would say that you know God is there even in our suffering on every occasion. Think about what's happening. Jeremiah is lamenting. He can express to God without hindrance exactly how he feels and god does not think less of him god does not take jeremiah's feelings and say they're unvalid that they're not valid he doesn't look at jeremiah and say somehow you know your suffering doesn't count because of what you've done to me he doesn't say that you know he god totally understands that it hurts and he totally takes every person's suffering and and it's valid it's real god understands the realness of that and can handle the lamenting of that mm-hmm. so the beautiful part about this uh too and the uplifting part is that when we are seriously going through suffering and struggles god is a god that can handle our laments Mm-hmm. And in our lamenting, he's going to offer comfort and hope. He's going to help us through the, the whole situation regardless. And it doesn't matter if we're the reason it happened. It doesn't make the suffering somehow not any less important or any less valid. Right, right. Absolutely. And so, yeah. you know, God lifts us up with hope and we can lament. Yeah. And by the way, when I was at the hospital with my daughter, there was a young boy um, around her age. I can't remember exactly how had fallen out of a two story window mm. and he had been there already a month by the time we got there. But by the time we left, he was gone. He had passed. So, mm. Yeah, I know. And I remember thanking God that my daughter was coming home and that little boy didn't get to go home with his parents. Mm -hmm. And I just can't even imagine how they felt. Right. Yeah. But you're right. And we can say that God will will lift you up. Absolutely. He will. But at the same time, that pain is real. And we're Mm -hmm. not trying to take away that at all. We're just saying that if you turn to God, I don't know how, but he will. I mean, I don't know in what way. I know that he will help you through that. That's right. Every time. I think sometimes we're scared to bring our real pain to God. Yeah. Because somehow that's not a holy act or that's not a, you know, he, you know, yeah. and, and and I understand that to a certain degree, right? I mean, you don't just talk anyway to God, but and yet in some ways you can when he understands your emotion and pain, right? He understands right. the pain we're in. And so we just got to know, like, God understands that. He understands the, the horrible, horrible tragedies of life. Yeah. And, you know, often... People often ask, well, well, why does God let that happen? He could just take it all away. Sure, he could. But two things. Would we be as devoted to him if everything was just 
hunky dory all the time? Probably not. You'd just be another thing that everything's good. That's one reason. And another reason is it eliminates, if he takes it all away, it eliminates choice, good and bad choices. And he won't eliminate our choices because sometimes these bad things are caused by other people's bad choices, sometimes by our bad choices, and sometimes just because it's a fallen and broken world, which is a result of choice. Mm -hmm. It shows just how perfect he is that he allows these things to happen. I know that sounds hard to to understand, but it really shows the glory of God that he allows bad things to happen to good people. Well, and and there's a key there. You just said something, and this is something that that I've experienced in my life a lot, is, you know, what you just said, he, he allows bad things to happen. He's not the source of the bad things. God is never the source of the bad things that happen to people now. Yeah. You know, Jeremiah's talking about, you know, the what happened to to uh Jerusalem here. Kind of a whole different ball of wax. But God when it, when it, you know, when, when these people experience the loss of a child and the, and the child, you know, it's, 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 when children or adults even go through a sickness or an illness and that sort of thing, that's not caused by God. It's caused, you know, generically by, you know, like you said, we live in a broken and fallen world. I've, for many years, there, you know, there's things that happened in my life and I, I held anger against God because I felt like God caused it. And, you know, only after a lot of years and a lot of, um, you know, close just, you know, relationship and discussions with God and some, uh, uh, some major things that happened in my life did I come to really grasp and realize and accept that God never caused any of those things. Uh, the fallen and broken world, uh, diseases, and um, probably in some cases, lack of faith and lack of following him and his word is what caused it, not him. Mm-hmm. And, uh that was in my personal situation but the but the key takeaway here is we can't blame god yeah i think robert really said it well earlier when when he said that you know his grace protects us mm-hmm. and that when we see that removed <laughs> we're left to our own living bad without the hand of god look what happens yeah yeah bad things happen yeah because Wow, that that was a powerful statement. Mm-hmm. We are, we still have the same problem that Adam had, right? Like Adam's Adam's blaming everybody but himself. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Right. Never taking on like, and it and it's like, but Adam, you did eat the fruit. Like you had it in your hand, right? And okay, so Eve gave it to you, but you were standing right there. Yeah, she ate it, and he literally blames God. He's like, hey, yeah. God. That woman that you gave me, gave to me. yeah, <laughs> she did it. Blaming God for giving him the wrong person, and it's like Adam, she came out of you. Mm. She yeah. can't possibly <laughs> that's, that's be. True. She's the only woman in the world. There, there is no other woman. She cannot be the wrong person for you. <laughs> she made me do it. Be sure of the person. It was him, right? And yet, and yet, he blames God for it. Yeah. 
and and it's just God's grace where God just doesn't just strike Adam down and say, you know, I just can't believe what you just told me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, no. I gave you a perfect world, told you to not do one thing. <laughs> you can literally do everything else, right? Just don't do this one thing. And it's like, and then on top of that, perfect woman, perfect world, perfect food, no problems, no worry of death or fear. Just don't do one thing. And he did it. And he did it. It's like it's like that big button on the wall that says do not push. Yeah. And the first thing we got to do is go push it to see what happens. Like wet paint. And you have to right? touch it to see if it's really wet. <laughs> yeah. The problem is we go and push it several times. And then we say, now see, now whose fault is that? Yeah. yeah. And we, it's the person, the person who, put who the hung there. the sign. It's their fault. That's that's whose fault it is. And it's like, wait a second. <laughs> You're the one that pushed it. <laughs> we got to take some responsibility yeah. in this, right? And by the way, you eliminate free will, what you were mentioning before. Yeah. You also eliminate any possibility of love. Mm. You cannot sure. have love in our world at all, except there's free will that exists. Right, because you have to choose to do it. You have to choose it. That's mm -hmm. a great point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, you know, free will goes all the way back to Adam and in, in, in the the fruit of the tree. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. God has given us free will. And you have to have free will to have, like, so if God, I mean, let's just, like, so if we really want to, look at how lamenting works and we look at how the world works and why bad things happen. We have to accept the fact that we have, God has indirect responsibility. Okay. He has some indirect responsibility in this and we have direct responsibility. Right. Right. So, our, so God has indirect responsibility in allowing the option for free choice in our world, but he does so to give us something great which is love, mm -hmm. love mm -hmm. and life, real love, real life. The, and so you have the best of all gods who wants to make the best of all worlds. Well, the best of all worlds is a love by choice, is abundant life by yeah. choice. That's going to be the best of all worlds. So he's giving the option for the best. Okay, well, that's indirect responsibility. You made a door for us to choose against that. Right. Okay. But we directly are responsible for it by choosing to open the door. Right. So, so the moment we say we don't want the best of all life, right? We don't want love. We don't want, we want to choose, we try to choose something else. And then, and then it allows for everything else. It literally allows the corruption of humanity, the corruption of mm -hmm. the world. It, it just is causes the destruction and death into our world, which God warned us about fairly, right? He, he said, this is what will happen if you open that door, which they did. Mm -hmm. And so now we're along right. the road and we see the terrible results of what happens to a world that you've opened that door where you chose not to take the best things, not to do. And, and so you see the where corruption takes you. And it's just horrible. The wrong response is exactly what's happening to us. We, we end up with a corrupt response to it. And we blame the one 
who made the world. But he's not the one who made the evil in the world. We are directly True. responsible. Now, the beautiful right. part about that, and here's the uplifting part about that, even though God, and this is this should be a sign to us of how to live our life. Because how many times have we heard people say, I hear this out of out of a lot of people, especially younger people. You say, hey, can you go clean that up? Well, yeah, but I didn't cause it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's this there's this assumption that they are not responsible for mess because they're not directly responsible for it, right? And it's like, okay, I get that, but let's just show a little kindness anyway. Like, let's just show, like, you know, let's do the right thing because it's the right thing, right? Okay, so check this out. God is indirectly responsible, not directly responsible at all, but he takes on full responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. He takes on full responsibility for our mess. He comes, he gives us the plan, tells us how he's going to fix it, even though it's not even his responsibility to do so. And he takes on the full responsibility by sending his son to do this, allowing himself to be humbled, allowing himself to die, and to be tortured by the very people who are responsible for the mess. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he chooses all of that. Why? He loves us. Mm-hmm. Because of love, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and he and he understands he, he made a world with free choice, but it did not change our bad choices did not change his love. It did not change him, it changed us. And so he still took on full responsibility. And he's he, and so now you can still have the best of all worlds. You can still have uh, the the perfect life. It's just going to come in the resurrection. But you've got mm-hmm. to choose. You still got to choose right the right choice. Yeah, you know, um, people will say, "Well, why does God send people to hell?" God doesn't send anybody to hell. <laughs> yeah. We choose yep. to not go to heaven. Right. That's a great point. God's if if you don't want what God has to offer, he is not going to force you. Right. <laughs> and but why the wages is of sin because is death. you got to have it's free will, right? Right, exactly. That's free will. God's not yeah. going to infringe on free will because if he does, you cannot have real love and you cannot have real life. Right. Great discussion tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know nobody saw what happened off camera before we started, but I said, hey, guys, Lamentations 3. And you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and look at it. It was it turned out great, didn't it? We were like, okay, Phil. Well, well okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See you next week. See you next week. Yeah. Oh, I forgot I wasn't supposed to be here this week. They're probably taking yeah. each other. Phil won't be here next week. We'll take over next week. We'll do that. <laughs> oh, but God is good, man. He he led us in this. It was a good discussion. Yeah, I think he's going to lead you in it again, Phil. What's that? I think I said he's going to lead you into it again. You're gonna you're gonna continue to to preach on this. I think I will. It's just gonna be a sermon someday. That's right. Mm, maybe yeah. be a series. Yeah, a series. Yeah. That's right. All right, guys. Well, I got to drop off. 
but um, it's been great talking to you and I hope everybody watching and listening has enjoyed it as well. It was a good, it was a good discussion. Yes, indeed. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys um, enjoy yourselves next week. I won't be here, but um, I'll be back the following week. And I'm still waiting for that pool to be closed or clean. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be 80 degrees again this week. <laughs> Is <it> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, leave it open, get, man. Get, get you, fire your heater back up, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. It's gonna be an awesome weather week. All right. That's right. Very good. I'm glad to hear that. Yep. All right, guys. I'll see you in two weeks. Okay. All right. Good night. Good night. Thank you.